You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying clean, simple eats because they're just that clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20. 20% off your first order. Hi, I'm Rena Nainen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa Demore, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And you can join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The handle is at Lisa Podcast. And also subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel, Ask Lisa Podcast. Episode 136, Should I Allow My Tween to Wear Crop Tops? So we're tackling an issue today that I am on the cusp of dealing with. What is the crop top age when you need to have the conversation with your child about that? You know, I think it depends on the community. I think I think it's very different region to region. So I think there may be parts of the country where this is popping up by ages, I don't know, maybe even 9, 10, 11. And I think parts of the country where it's coming up later. I've never been a fan of the crop top or cropped anything. Cropped <laughs> pants, cropped anything. Like I am paying full price. I want the full shirt. I want the full pants. Yeah, no, it's... um. I will tell you with my own adolescent daughters, when I've seen them, I'm like, oh, did you pay half off for that? <laughs> like, Which they do not find to be funny at all. No, I don't they know don't. Why, but they don't. They don't find it to be funny in, in the slightest. I want to read you this note that we got, Lisa, this letter uh, from a parent. It says, Dear Dr. Damore, I have an 11-year-old who really wants to wear crop tops. Crop tops are in style for teenagers, but I am not comfortable with them for a preteen. We've been very clear about this as a boundary, but she uses her own money to buy her crop tops. And we've caught her sneaking them to school with a sweatshirt on top, which she, of course, takes off when she gets to school. I understand crop tops are in style, but I fear an 11-year-old who's developing, wearing them attracts attention that's inappropriate for her age. Am I just out of touch and need to accept that this is her style expression? Or is it okay to have certain boundaries around what's appropriate, particularly during those preteen years? Thank you. Well, first, I'm just curious, is this mom out of touch? 
I don't think she is. But I think the question is, what is she in touch with, right? I mean, this is a really complicated one. Um, and I think, Rena, the place we have to begin with this is that if we picture a crop top or you know, an 11-year-old in a crop top, the way this is viewed by the 11-year-old and the way this is viewed, let's say, by her, you know, let's say 40-something mom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are completely different. Mm. And so- yeah, me, we have to start there. I, I get the mom. I'm happy to hear more about the mom, but I really want to hear what's going through the mind of the tween who thinks this is fabulous and my parents out of touch, so I'm just not going to listen to them at all. Okay, here's what's going through the mind of the tween. Number one, lots of kids they know are wearing them, right? They're like, I'm looking at this, right? Like, And mm. you know, no one's bursting into flames. The sky is not falling. Like, I don't see what the big deal is. Number two, it matches what often they're seeing in the media, right? They're seeing imagery of often very, you know, youngish looking girls wearing clothes like this. So they're like, what's the big deal? I'm seeing it in my real life. I'm seeing it in my digital life. And then the other thing that is so essential, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, I mean, I would say well into adolescence, they do not, they cannot perceive the adult sexuality piece, right? That's what the mm. mom is is referencing. You know, I've got a developing kid. I'm worried about how this is going to come off. I understand where the mom is coming from. The tween, and I would say a lot of teenagers, they have no way to understand that concern. It's not that they're dismissing it. It's like it's a dimension that they do not yet have access to. And so when the mom or any parent is having a strong reaction of like, oh my gosh, that looks really sexy. Yes. Which of course, as adults, we understand sexuality in a particular way. We understand sexiness. We understand that kind of signaling that, you know, whatever you want to call it, the kid has zero access to that dimension. And I think that that's the piece. So what the mom is in touch with is maybe adult understanding of Mm. this. She what's hard to be in touch with once you kind of cross into that dimension and you can see the sexual Mm -hmm. implications or, you know, just the sexiness, like we'll just call it the sexiness of it. It's hard to unsee it and remember what it's like to not have that piece of understanding. So how do you explain to a tween that crop tops are not cool, that you should not be wearing them? Okay. So if we're going to go down this road of like, the mom wants to like have some line about like, we're not crossing that line yet. So given that, like, let's really think about this. Like they're looking at the world with two different sets of glasses. Like the mom understands adult sexuality and the sexiness of this. The kid does not, cannot. So I think in terms of how not to explain it, I think going for the sexual angle won't work because Mm. you're talking to a kid about something that they like. It's like talking to a colorblind person about color. Like, (laughs) let me describe red to you. The person's like, that doesn't make me see the color. Right. So So me as a parent saying, these crop tops are not cool. Stop wearing them is not going to work. So don't go down that road. Yeah. Or these crop tops look too sexy. You're not wearing them. The kid will be like, I don't know what you mean. And they really won't know what the adult means. I think if the parent wants to draw the line, a reasonable way to do it is to talk about there are different clothes we wear at different ages, and crop tops are more adult. And what it reminds me of as I think through this letter, I, years ago I was at a wonderful talk by a psychologist named Catherine Adair, who um, was at Harvard for a long time, and I think may still be there. 
And she talked about high heels, right? That we don't put little girls in three-inch heels. But we do put little girls in those like little like kind of stack heels, you know, like if Mm -hmm. you're like dressing up Mm -hmm. for the holidays or whatever. Totally. And that over time, if you're going to move into high heels, the height changes. And so it's fine for adult women if they want to wear very high heels. But none of us, I think, feel like it's appropriate to put a very, you know, a four-inch heel Mm -hmm. on, Mm -hmm. you know, a 10-year-old. And it's not about exposure or anything. It's just like it's just too adult Mm -hmm. for that child. So I think that the way I would go at it is to say crop tops are kind of adult and you're still at 11 a kid. So I'm not saying you can never wear it. And I get it that other people are making other choices as families always will make their own choices. But uh, I want to table this for a couple of years. We can revisit it later. It's just too adult. So what do you do? Um, They're on the verge. Between years, they feel like they're getting ready to be super independent. You're in your mind thinking you're nowhere near being super independent. They think it's cool. We want nothing to do with it. How do you set up rules on this that makes them feel like, okay, they're moving up into the grown-up category, um, but you can rein them in a little? So I think the reality of having rules should do that, right? So this mom, if we sort of play this out of the way we're recommending that she says, you know what, it's just too adult in the same way that you're not wearing four inch heels yet, you're not wearing crop tops yet, like end of story. Um, So she's made a rule. Now, and we'll come to this, the kid is already pushing against the rule and is going to sneak out in the house, you know, like we'll come to the way in which the kid is going to get around the rule. But the rule making a rule that you actually cannot even completely enforce, right? I mean, this mom's already said she'll go to school and like have a crop top under the sweatshirt that she left the house in. There's still value in the rule. And Rena, here's why. To be a teenager, part of what is healthy in that is to push back against the adults, to find friction with the (laughs) adults. And teenagers are going to do this one way or another. And so... What I would say to any parent of a teenager is roll up your sleeves, get ready for some friction, and even get ready for some friction around things that you may never be able to fully enforce or you may never win. The other classic is the kid's room and how the kid keeps their room, right? Like Mm. you can say your room's got to be tidy. And if you don't have a kid who's inclined in that direction, you will stay in a many-year dispute about the tiny tidiness of the room. You won't win on any given day. Um, You may be in ongoing disagreement about this. But my rule on this, Rena, is give teenagers the friction they are looking for on the small stuff, Mm. on their room, on Mm. the shirt style. Because in my experience, if you don't give it to them on the small stuff, they're like, okay, I'm looking for the friction. I need to know that there's a grown-up in the room. So you don't mind that my room is a disaster. You don't mind that I am blasting music. You don't mind that I'm wearing stuff that like, I think other adults may not be cool with. All right, what do I need to do around here to get an adult to step in and find some friction with me? And that's often when you see kids ratcheting and ratcheting and ratcheting up the misbehavior. So long way of saying, this is not the worst fight to have with your kid. And you're going to be having a fight with your teenager if things are going exactly as we expect they will. Mm. I want to know what that list is of the small things, because in my mind, everything is a big thing. It's like, what are the small things that are okay to have friction with, that are better, put it that way, to have friction with, with your kid? Okay, well, do you want to know my rule for that? Yeah, tell me. Like, 
teenagers do all sorts of things that are annoying to adults, right? They, they do all sorts of things that are not our cup of tea, right? So it's their room. It's the music they listen to. It's where they dump their backpack. It's, you know, maybe like the way they wear their makeup or the color of the nail polish they want to wear or like even the style. Like they may just, even if it's not a question of coverage or appropriateness, like the style may not be appealing. Mm. They will start to refuse to go to church. They will um, use slang that we find obnoxious. Um, They will find ways to tweak the adults. And you don't have to fight it with them about everything, right? Like it's not worth it to get into on everything. But pick a couple that really matter to you. And then if you're like, should I let it go, right? Is this one worth fighting about? One of the questions that I always have had in my own life as a mom is, will this matter when she's 30? That's good. It's a good one. Really good. So, if it's going to matter when they're 30, you should definitely have that fight. So, I'm thinking about like smoking a lot of marijuana or, you know, not taking good care of themselves in like really important ways. And then there is the tremendous gray area of annoying to the adult, but will not matter when it's 30. And what I would say in that gray area is pick your battles. And I would say that gray area very much um, crop tops fall cleanly into the category of will not matter when she's 30 what she wore, <laughs> that she wore a crop top at 11, but annoying to adults. And it sounds like this is a battle this adult may be like, I'm going to mm. pick it. Right. Lisa, we're going to pause and take a quick break. But I want to ask you on the other side, is it a problem that she's sneaking these crop tops at school? We'll be right back. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. Earth Breeze Eco Sheets look just like a dryer sheet. But instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herbed squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Dailyharvest.com slash ask Lisa. 
So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. OneSkin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, the psychology of parenting. Lisa, I want to pick back up on that last thought you were saying when you decide to go blow blow to blow, mano mano with your child, just ask yourself, does will this matter when they're 30? That is such a great way of looking at it. The fact that this child is sneaking the crop top under her sweatshirt and then taking it off at school, you think that's a problem? Rena, I'm like beaming. I'm beaming. beaming. I am like, I'm like I have, why I have the beaming? biggest smile on my face. This is why I love teenagers, right? <laughs> that they come up with these ways to be naughty, right? To push back against the adults that are really, I would say, by and large, I mean, quite harmless. And I can say quite harmless because I deal with teenagers across a very wide range. Like, I know what harmful behavior really, really looks like. And like sneaking a crop top out of the house is not, <laughs> believe me. Consider the alternatives. It's it's a pretty good one. It's a good point. It's a good point. Okay, so here's what I remember, and I just have such a vivid memory. I write about this in Untangled. Um, one of my dear, dear friends from high school, a guy named Andy, um, his his older brother went to college and gave Andy a T-shirt from the college, and it became Andy's favorite T-shirt. And Andy wore it, like tried to wear it every single day. And because he wore it so often, it soon became very, very threadbare. It was like you know, almost translucent. But he loved, loved, loved it. And his mother banned him from wearing it. She's like, you cannot wear that out of the house. It's like so like out of line. And so Andy every day, and this is how threadbare the t-shirt was, used to jam it in the back pocket of his jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Leave the house. (laughs) And the friend who was carpooling with him would pull up and Andy would in Jay's car, I remember who it was, switch into the forbidden t-shirt. Okay. (laughs) Andy, best guy ever. Right, totally solid citizen, terrific student, wonderful human being, you know, tr- d- dedicated athlete. This was his grand rebellion. This was mm. his way of like sticking it to the man in his household. <laughs> okay, so this is how we want to think about it. Like, they have to be naughty. Yeah. It's weird when they're not. Like, I am actually much more concerned about the teenager who's like, I am incredibly obedient and does do everything my parents say. I'm like, okay, this is not going well. Like, something's <laughs> gonna go, like, there's something amiss. And so, if you put it in this broad picture of like, this is the grand rebellion, right? Like, sneaking out of the house and wearing something that like a lot of kids are wearing, it's a perfect solution. And so, I would say to the mom, like, sure, like, have like, give the kid this thing to fight with you about. And if it's part of a broader picture where she's terrific and thriving and doing all the right things and getting along well with other grownups and like taking the dog out for a walk, like mm. 
you have crushed this. This is terrific. She's doing a great job with it. And so are you. That is a great reminder because it never feels that way, right? And you get caught up in these things and and just go head to head. And that that 30-year-old rule is great. Will it matter when they're 30? I'm going to hang on to that. So in the big picture, when you're talking about crop tops, you know, the, the child might not get the sexuality, the tween might not get the sexuality component. And you notice I didn't say tween, I said child initially first, because that's how I feel. They're well, still my child. 11 is young. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, they're, they're little kids still in many ways. So should we be pushing back on this? Well, I think, yes. But again, like this question of like the how, right? The how. And I'll tell you, Rena, what the the line, the minefield you want to stay out of, and it's a very easy minefield to wade walk into, is, and I have totally seen this happen so many times in family life, where the eleven-year-old comes popping down the stairs in her crop top, and the adult goes, "Oh my God, you look like a whore." <gasps> people just right. say that. I mean, because people oh, just gosh. say it. Like, wow. and you can totally see it. Like, and I, I don't think they mean it in it, but like, they're just like, it's very jarring. And I will also just say this it's very jarring as a parent to have this kid. And, you know, you're on the, you know, like on the cusp of this. Yeah. To have this kid who has been your little kid and um, to see their bodies change is actually very, it's a very jarring thing as a parent. And then to see them experiment with how to dress that new and evolving body. And it's even like the kind of thing that'll happen. And I've heard this from other parents is, you know, say, and it's often girls where this ends up being, you know, more of an issue because their um, secondary sex characteristics are so much more public as they mm. go through puberty. Yeah. So like you hear all the time of um, a parent where, you know, maybe the girl had like a little skirt that was like one of her favorite skirts from last summer. And last summer she was 12. Mm. And this summer she's 13. And so she pulls her favorite skirt out and she pops it on and it still fits. But oh my goodness, it now looks really, really different on this kid. Yeah. So it's actually the same clothes totally. on an evolving body. And so, I mean, nobody should call their kid a whore. Like I'm not saying this is ever okay, but I totally get it where the parent has this <gasps> you know, very strong reaction to seeing this sweet child of theirs now looking very sexy. I mean, just for lack of a better word, looking totally. very sexy. And so it comes, sometimes people say things that are terribly regrettable. So number one, don't do that. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, you can think it. You can think it. Do don't not say, say it. it. Because again, if we go back to that idea of like, there, this is being perceived through two different sets of glasses. Yeah. The only way the kid can take that in is like, what, you think I'm a whore? Like they have no way of understanding the perceptual piece. Mm. They're like, you're calling me a whore, right? I mean, like it's so painful to the child. So in terms of like when you're saying pushing back, okay, so yeah. don't do that. <laughs> and then I would say, and this gets into very complex questions as girls get older, don't be like, it's too sexy. Don't display your body in that way. Because mm. what a lot of 13, 14, 15-year-old girls will start to say is, it's my body. I can display it any way I want. And actually, this is how I exercise my power, right? Whereas I think you and I came up through a time where the idea of objectification and showing one's body was seen as somehow uh, giving away one's power. Totally. That's right. 
today's teenage girls would be like, oh, no, no, no. This is how I claim my power. Mm -hmm. So you probably don't want to go down that road because you're not equipped to have that conversation often, or you may not be there yet, or you, if you're going to go down that road, which I would say, you know, feel free to go down that road, be prepared for a very complex conversation about power, perception, and women's bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Good flag. Good flag there. <laughs> Lisa, I want to ask you though, what, you know, you know what it feels like when, especially if you've been working out and you're in a dress and you feel good and strong about your body. I also am careful what I say to my daughter about my weight, about how I feel. And I worry having the crop top conversation that somehow I'm going to give her some sort of a body. How do we mm. have the conversation? You're telling me, don't bother telling her about how it sexualizes her. She's not going to get it. She's not there. It's not in her head. So don't go down that road. But how do I talk to her about a crop top and why I don't feel comfortable with her without bringing up all these other body image issues? These are so important. These are so important. So let's just rest for a minute on what you said about adult women talking about their own weight and shape in front of their adolescent girls or their daughters. Um, what we know is basically don't, right? That when when we see um, younger girls starting to talk about weight and shape, it's not always the case, but it's sometimes the case that they're mimicking things they've heard said at home that strike them as adult, that strike them as grown up to worry about mm. your butt or worry about how mm. your thighs look in this thing. So what I would say, and this is again, a complex thing for us as adult women, but I would say, you know, to the degree that you may have your own, um, you know, complex feelings about your body, which it's basically impossible to be a woman in this culture and not, try to really focus on strength and health and taking good care of oneself and, you know, enjoying like physicality for its own sake. And, and so really try to have that be the front facing conversation with your kid. All right. So what to say to her that doesn't seem like you are not celebrating mm -hmm. her? I think you can say, look, is adorable. Like I won't fight you on that one. And you look adorable in it. Here's the thing, Eleven's too young. That, you know, that kind of clothing comes with being older. So you can actually have it, you know, have your cake and eat it too. You can say, Yeah, you look really cute. Like it's working. I get it. And eleven is not crop top age. We can come back to this in a couple of years, see where we're at. You know what we did at the start of the school year, because we were starting middle school for the first time. What I had her do at the start of the school year was read the dress code, which I would never, ever normally do. But because we're in this kind of fine line of, um, and she looks cute, she looks great, you know, but she does not see that her body has changed at all. She doesn't get yeah. it, you know. No, they don't get it. Dress codes are complicated too. Oh, um, tell me. Wait, did I just do the wrong thing? What no, happened? you did a great thing to bring it up because, you know, schools really struggle with dress codes because a lot of times the dress codes, like, it's a lot about what the girls are wearing, right? Mm. That, you know, like the boys and the exposure of their bodies does not get much um, traction in a dress code because mm. usually boys are wearing so big. True. They're wearing yeah. big, you know, like you've got a son, like they're being like those totally. hugely long shorts. So the dress codes can um, disproportionately land on the girls. Yeah. Um, and so schools really struggle or they schools should really struggle with how to make dress codes if they're going to make them, um, and to how to not have dress codes um, seem sexist and, and seem to be targeting the fact that um, girls' bodies are heavily objectified in our culture and mm -hmm. schools sometimes, you know, trying to figure out what to do with that. So if your school has a dress code, which it sounds like they do, 
Mm-hmm. I first hope that they've given this a lot of thought about how to have a dress code that does that feels even-handed and does not, you know, sort of um, have, center very heavily on policing girls' bodies. Mm. But to the degree that your school has a dress code, like they're doing you a huge fat favor if you, if you like if you like where their dress code is headed, you can be like, look, it's not me, it's the school. Right. Right. Um, so I think that's a nice way to go about it. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Well, so much to talk about crop tops. Who knew there was this much in parenting to discuss and, and be aware of? Um, but what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? Well, there's another little nugget in this letter that is, I think, terrific, which is the kid is buying the crop tops with her own money. And I think this is one of those things that we should remember is a real opening for us as adults when we're not in agreement with kids about things, which is they may want us to buy things for them that we don't want to buy. They may at times use their own money to sneak things that, again, we don't want them to own, but again, will it matter when they're 30? I want parents to have available as a conversational trapdoor that they can say to their kids, For as long as I am purchasing, you're going to have to negotiate with my wishes. But as you make your own money, you will get to have much more freedom. And that's one of the best things about making money. It's one of the best things about being an adult. So the situation we're in, it won't last forever. Increasingly, you will have say and you will have choice because you will actually have your own resources that you have earned through your own work. But for now, even though you have money... (laughs) I will be deciding what you're going to wear. I think for now on this one, you can say, you have money. I understand that you can buy crop tops on your own time. My rule right now is 11 is too young. So on this issue, 11 is too young. Yeah. Lisa, thank you. I think there's so much. um, You know, what I loved also is how the mom brought up expression. Yeah. You know, using clothes as a way to express themselves, yeah. which you highlighted um, yeah. also earlier in our conversation. But it's a good way to thread the needle by saying that, you know, at some point you'll be on your own and fully able to purchase everything. And you can make mm-hmm. that choice then, but the time will come. The time will come. Well, Lisa, on a, a more serious note, we're going to next week take up an issue that I think is so important. It's a parent writing in about a teen with a chronic health condition. What do you need to keep in mind? What should the community keep in mind? And how do you address it? I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.